Hey guys, Marge here. I just wanted to hop on as I was taking a listen to this week's episode, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Dan is awesome, and we had a great time talking with him. I just want to apologize for the sound quality. I know that it wasn't great. Um, We had tried out a new area in my kitchen. Turns out it was super echoey, um, and you could hear my cat's drinking fountain running the whole time. So I hope you enjoyed the soothing sounds of this. However, trust that uh, we've adjusted it, and big thank you to my brother Ricky who came over and gave me some sound tips. So again, enjoy the episode. It's great. Dan brings some really awesome insight into the world of acupuncture. And as always, thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. Well, Zoom meeting, I guess you would call it, uh, interview. We have, who do we have, Maggie? You can introduce. Oh, I get to introduce. You get to introduce. Well, this week we have Dan Dominguez. Um, So he is from Bosa 716. And I know some of you are familiar with with him because you see him. Um, But for those who are not familiar, um, we'll get to know Dan and what his trade is and... Um, the benefits, how we got into it, and all of those things. So, Dan, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate the opportunity to come on here with you today. Not a problem. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you pretty much treat every single person in a smaller gym that's not a corporate gym. I and mean, even half of the corporate gyms. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. You, it seems like the stronghold has to be more of like, you know, athletes and more of like CrossFit gyms, barbell clubs, um, strong mansions. It seems like that's the stronghold you have in Buffalo. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it kind of, it began with um, CrossFit here in Buffalo. Um, I moved here about two years ago from Rochester and I had a pretty big CrossFit following out there. Um, but I had met at one of the local competitions in Rochester, um, Danny Salvatore, who's a Olympic lifting coach and CrossFit coach. Um, and he was with Buffalo CrossFit at the time. And uh, he always he said, if you ever move out to Buffalo or do some work out there, you have to hit me up. And he had, interestingly enough, uh, he they were doing an event. Um, I think it was called, uh, it was like a, it was basically a mustache, um, like no, November games. Okay. So, you know, long the long road to be being interviewed by the owner of Mustache Fit. <laughs> <laughs> I know it comes full circle. Yeah. Well, you know that event really uh, sprung me into the world of lifting here in Buffalo, um, and when I chose to move out here and start uh, Bosa Acupuncture and Wellness, um, that that was my foot in the door to treating athletes in this area, and, and I feel like I offered a pretty good service, so it kind of resonated, and and then you know word of mouth spread and began getting more and more lifters in the community um, yeah which is awesome I yeah. mean I mean you've helped I mean I know one of our largest success stories was Woody Woody uh, sure. I mean Woody I think when she first came to me was pretty much beaten up from rugby um, and lifestyle and then school and then started lifting and then couldn't squat for like I think it was seven nine months something like that And then she was seeing you two to three times a week, it sounded like, during that time to get her knee and her shoulder intact. And now, I mean, from that day alone, I mean, Jesus Christ, 
it's literally added over I think close to 500 pounds under total yeah like just from that like point to now and it's incredible yeah she she I, I talk about her um, you know without using her name quite a bit with other lifters just just the impressive nature in which she um, went from an injury to competing at the Arnold and, and the hard work she put in and you know that's a testament to the coaching that, that you did with her Thank and you. getting her to that point know from a novice lifter and she still has so much you know room for growth yeah and work but to be able to hit the lift you know and the weight she's hitting right now not more than a year and a half ago she she had some pretty significant knee problems yeah in the grand scheme of things you know they're not showing up on imaging they're not showing up as as problems per se but it limited her substantially Mm -hmm. more of a myofascial uh, movement problem that, that we were able to identify and correct and she has a background in in physical therapy yeah and yeah it's, that was ultra frustrating for someone like that who knows you know firsthand usually pt is the answer for a lot of lifters problems and and she couldn't you know get what she does to to take hold and and that i think is where acupuncture can shine sometimes and, and people may not be familiar with it uh, but the style that I do is not the, um, you know, wave your hands and, and you know, <laughs> try to balance your chi. It's much more about finding dysfunction, using a needle um, and, and electrical stimulation to make a muscle that's inhibited fire properly. Again. Yeah. And I think that's a, believe it or not, it's like a cheat code. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was honestly my first question it is, you know, my first exposure, and I don't know, if, I don't know if you had acupuncture before, Dan. I had never had acupuncture. So before. I had um, acupuncture in the more, uh, slightly kind of what you do, but more of the namaste. You know, this this is going to make your body centered again. We're going to put a needle in your forehead, and it's going to affect your ankles. Some, you know, something like that. And then I met you, and then I had a good experience, and we had, you know, uh, disagreements on a lot of things, but. Um, then I took a lot of time off and pretty much my whole gym forced me to try it again, um, with you. And it's been nothing but a phenomenal experience. I know between you and Matt made my knee, um, infinitely better. I mean, every single day was, was kept getting better. So, you know, why, why, how did you get to where you are now treating kind of, you know, the way I describe it to people is more of like acupuncture in a physical therapy sense, like you take a diagnosis, you find what the injury is, you test, you retest, you make sure that that muscle's firing. I mean, I'm going a roundabout way of expo- how I explain it to people, but you know, a lot of people only see, you know, um, the namaste version of it. They don't see kind of what you do. So what's a little bit, you know, how did you get to where you are with this? Because I'm assuming it's not necessarily taught in this kind of way. Yeah, and, that, and that's correct. So, you know, to, to summarize, my journey into acupuncture, I was a, a college football player uh, and I suffered a compound fracture my senior year. Um, you know, I, I figured out very quickly that my leg wasn't as strong as a uh, metal wagon that was sitting in the back of the end zone. So as I went to catch a pass, uh, looking back, running full speed, uh, you know, I broke my leg pretty severely. And <laughs> it took about seven surgeries to, to no longer, you know, in the doctor's eyes need him uh, but after that seventh surgery I was still a mess and, and I couldn't I 
could not walk without a limp. I, I just had so much swelling in the leg. Uh, I had chronic compartment syndrome uh, because I blew, basically blew my leg up. And, and it wasn't a football injury. It was much more like a car accident. And, uh, you know, so I'm 21 years old, and I went from being at the peak of my athletic prowess to, to then not even be able to walk without a limp. And, and all the psychological things you have to deal with when, yeah. when you're an athlete, the next day you wake up and, you know, you're like, man, I'm lucky to have my leg. Yeah. A similar story recently happened at a much higher level with Alex Smith. I was just about, I was going to bring up Alex Smith because did you watch the documentary, the uh, E60 on him, the Project 11? It's hard to watch, you know, and, and even talking about it, I get goosebumps thinking about how uh, similar our paths were in, in that, you know, I got an infection, he got an infection. You know, I had my leg opened up seven times. He He's upwards of 20, you know, so so it went even even worse. I was fortunate I didn't go septic, but, but I did have an infection, and, and that was, that was it was tough. It was tough, and I was, you know, 21 years old, thinking I was actually, you know, I was on track to, um, you know, finish up football, and, and I was at the Division two level, so the chances of making it to the NFL are much smaller. I mean, yeah. I, long, in the long run, I've actually treated several people I played against in college, but, you know, those guys were, were phenomenal athletes and, and the best on the field every time they stepped on. I wouldn't say I was that. Um, but, you know, I was going to become a strength coach. I had accepted a graduate assistant position with the University of Tennessee to go work with their women's basketball team. It's awesome. Uh, and at the time, that was a big deal because ten- Tennessee had Pat Summit. Yeah. yeah. That- I was going to say, she's one of the – she's literally one of the greatest coaches of all time. Yeah. That, that was a, an amazing opportunity. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I hoped to then kind of parlay that into a position with uh, a football team at some point just to, because that's my passion and those are the athletes that I – I know best, but um, you know that that really put a wrench in my plan, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And then my uncle, who's an acupuncturist in Rochester, uh, met me in Columbus around Thanksgiving. The original injury happened in August, and uh, we spent a week together. And he treated me almost every day. And during that time, he actually taught me how to treat myself. Uh, you know, that's not something he does for anybody but family. He's done it. You know, my, my uncle and my cousin had an injury and he taught them. But I, I'd always seen acupuncture because my uncle would come home and there would be like a, a just a lineup of family members waiting to get treated every time he would come to town. And uh, he worked with the Chargers in, in San Diego and then later moved to, to Western New York um, and, and had a more traditional Chinese medicine clinic. But it's beautiful and very successful. And what he does works and people will run up and down the streets talking about Rick Warren and how great he is. Um, but it, it worked for me. And this was within the absence of any electricity. Um, he just, he just put, put in the right points in the right spot. And all of a sudden my swelling went down, all of a sudden my pain went away. And, and I was really intrigued at that. And then, you know, it was a bad injury. So it, it wasn't like one treatment was going to be a fix for me. It was, it was going to need work, but, you know, he gave me the tools, showed me where to put the, the points, circled them with Sharpie marks, and I just recircled them after every shower and just stuck needles in where he told me to. And and it was amazing. I just healed. And it's not something I can really reproduce in clinic because who has the time to get treated every day for, right. for a month or, or the money to do that. But it allowed me to heal. And, and I, I fully attribute where I got 
and the ability to to you know work out at a high level still uh, to what I did back then and I still treat myself to this day uh, because unfortunately there aren't a lot of people in Buffalo who have the skill set to do what I do um, and, and yeah, I went through the acupuncture schooling it's three and a half year master's program so it's no it's it's no one year like one yep. done thing. It, it takes a while and my background was in exercise physiology and being an athlete I always had a um, a knack for you know treating sports injuries like that's what, what kind of lit me up and uh, that led me to study with some sports acupuncturists that were doing dry needling techniques and other other you know we, what we do now is called neurofunctional acupuncture and that uh, is very popular in Canada um, and kind of stems from uh, a doctor named Alejandro El Larrega, who uh, is a Spanish orthopedist, and, and he came out to Canada and started practicing. And he practiced on, uh, I believe, the Jamaican uh, track team, and, and very he's very involved in the track world. And now he just, you know, he treats seven to ten athletes a year, and, and has a retainer of like five grand. And you see him, and <laughs> you know, just. He really doesn't work a lot, but when he does, he makes a lot of money. But that's awesome. <laughs> that's uh, great. But he's been doing it for thirty years, and then you know, conversely, my uncle's been practicing for thirty years, and, and he still has a bustling uh, clinic in Rochester and sees everything under the sun. So acupuncture can be used for a lot, and when you learn it in America, you learn traditional Chinese medicine if you're an acupuncturist. And in New York, the law is if you're going to put a needle in somebody, you, you know. Legally, you have to be an acupuncturist. Yes. In some states, you can be a physical therapist or a chiropractor or an athletic trainer, and you can do dry needling. And a lot of people ask me, well, what's the difference? At my clinic, there, there's not a big difference. Uh, what, what I'm doing is much more uh, movement-based. It's much more uh, about testing for inhibition. If, if I find that you have lower back pain, we're going to look at, is your core firing properly? Uh, are your glutes doing what we want them to do. Are you getting some knee valgus or that, that inward rotation of the knee? We're assessing everything from the way your squat looks to putting you on a table and isolating muscle by muscle and doing some orthopedic testing or, or manual muscle testing. And that builds the picture of your body and the injury. Because everybody can, you know, you can line up 10 people with ankle pain. Some come from the foot, some come from the knee, some come from the, the, the shoulder and, and lack of mobility. So. You know, it's our job as, as uh, practitioners to figure it out. And I take pride in the testing portion of that uh, so that I don't guess. And I, and I get it right, right off the bat, so yeah. that you don't have to waste your money and time. Uh, if I feel like I can help, usually I'm, I'm pretty good at, at assessing it. And getting the biomechanical piece that's missing addressed. And acupuncture, believe it or not, is, is an amazing tool in that route. You know, not... Some people say, well, can I use Compex instead of acupuncture and, and electrical stem? Uh, and there's something about putting that needle into the middle of the muscle that leaves a lasting change. Yep. And I've, tr I've tried using Compex or, or Mark Pros or you know, all the um, padded stem, and, and you can warm a muscle up temporarily, but you don't get that lasting change. No. The and yeah. We call it the needle effect. And, and what a needle does is, when you insert it into a muscle, it, it brings blood to that tissue. Your body says that's an infection, that shouldn't be there, it's foreign. So it, it floods that tissue with blood. And if that tissue is damaged, then that increases the healing rate in that muscle. 
sometimes it's not damaged. Sometimes it's just overused or tight or, or overstretched. Uh, and it just shuts off. And, and that's a silent killer of, of bodies. You know, you don't know your muscles not working unless you, you're working with someone who can see the change happen mechanically. But sometimes that change happens slowly. And, you know, maybe you sprain your ankle when you're 20 and you never quite get back what you had before because you who rehabs a sprained ankle very rarely you right. just kind of rest it and then eventually come back but the changes that your limp created the changes that you, your body underwent because of that may have a lasting effect years later when i was i don't know i, I don't know how i threw my back out i just bent over to pick up something yeah, and, and yeah was it wasn't that, just that i <laughs> was that glute shutting off from yep. that old ankle sprain 15 years ago that never got addressed and you thing is athletes are amazing compensators i always say you know what makes you a great athlete is your ability to adapt mm-hmm. your body, your injury and keep pushing forward but sometimes that's at the detriment of something else you know absolutely i've got this hip pain so you shift your squat a little bit and then all of a sudden you have a ql problem on the other side or a right. back yeah. side because you know you compensate for one and, and down the road it leads to another so you know what a needle can do is turn that muscle back on and stop fire. And, and there's various techniques within that. Um, but essentially what we do at BOSA is we, we assess and then we address and then we repat. So it's kind of a three-step process. You figure out what's not firing, you turn it back on, and then you use simple exercises uh, that, you know, are repeatable and, and can be used in your warm-up. So if you've ever been over at Mustache, you see people doing random glute exercises or, mm. or you know, serratus push-ups or uh, different kind of activations, things like that, they've, they've probably seen me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm big on, on Brett Contreras and his, his glute work. I love his circuit that he, he put together on YouTube. So, you know, for people who are struggling with back pain or knee pain, um, that's a good starting point, even in the absence of acupuncture, is, is getting your glutes to fire. You know, he's big on on um, doing um, hip thrusts mm-hmm. under a bar, you know, he's all about activating the glutes, and I, and and I, all that stems from this uh, this physiologist, uh, Vladimir Yanda. He he was from the Prague School of Rehabilitation, and he has a book on rehab, and it's very easy to do, you know, do it yourself. But uh, Vladimir Yanda was was big on everything comes from the hips or the shoulder girdle. So your pelvic girdle or ship or your your shoulder girdle, and then his his partner in crime uh, was Carl Levitt, and he believed that everything comes uh, from the foot. He's like everything starts in your foot. That's entry point of energy. So if your ankles aren't mobile and your foot's off, then you're gonna have problems upstream. So they had differing opinions, but I really resonated with with that theory that problems start and end with the pelvic girdle and the lower body and back and you start into the shoulder girdle and and that so you know if your mobility is wrong and you're trying to olympic lift um and and you're getting real far far forward into your shoulder then that's going to have a a negative effect in your lower back yeah yeah i agree with that and i think we both experienced it personally yeah i mean i've experienced in both the hip and the shoulder and i've seen you for both um you know, and I think one of the things that after my first visit, I remember calling my business partner, Alexis, and I just geeked out because 
I remembered that process of like you assessed the shoulder because that that was when I initially went in. You assessed the shoulder, and then it was like magic. Like you know, as I remember getting ready to leave, and you were retesting, and um, there was still some movement that you didn't like. So you put one more needle in, and it just like alerted it and all of a sudden you're like okay it looks better like I'm comfortable with you leaving now and it was just impressive you know um and that's why I'm always encouraging people to give it a try yeah and it and it really you know that's the best way to describe it mm-hmm. you know until you've had it where you, where you are completely weak you have treatment and then you're as strong as you've ever been in your life stronger than your other side that, that's healthy uh without pain after it's really hard to grasp what I'm trying to say yeah uh, and, and I'm addicted to the face people make when they see that change where they're just like how in the world is that possible for yeah. me to be that week before with pain when you try to test it to not having pain and being super stable through that joint after and and that's you know a lo- there's a lot of techniques that can make a muscle temporarily turn on you know there's there's things there's a technique called muscle activation technique or neurokinetic therapy it's mm-hmm. called in- um, where you can, you know, rub their neck and then all of a sudden their glutes firing well, um, or you can hold a hold a vial in your hand and become strong. That, that's applied kinesiology. Um, but you know, you can trick your your nervous system is very, very. Um, I don't want to say it's gullible. You, you can do a lot with it very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, and there's a guy who I really, I really like, Charles Polkman. Um, mm-hmm. And he, they call him the strength sensei. Yeah. He was all about these traditional Chinese, like, little tricks that he would give his lifters to get more uh, mobility right away, you know, in the gym without needles or anything like that. But um, so so you can do a lot for yourself, you know, whether it be stretching and doing uh, what we call PNF stretching. Yep. Uh, where, you, where you contract and then hold your breath and then take a deep breath in deeper into that you can do that stuff on yourself to get if if you lack that mobility before a lift you know take five extra minutes to warm up you know, your shoulders so you get just got to get right i have yeah. a torn labrum in my left shoulder never had it repaired and just rehabbed it rehabbed it, and rehabbed it. i wish i had acupuncture back then when i did it um and, and unfortunately i can't really get back there to needle myself <laughs> so, uh, i keep trying to convince an acupuncturist or, or someone in buffalo to join the team so I can get some treatment but yeah I know that's got to be so, so frustrating knowing how well it works and not being able to do it to yourself um but yeah you know so so it's it's really it's my favorite technique but I love I love exercise I love rehab um I work with some great physical therapists Matt Veronica you know is one of my favorite guys to refer patients to because I'm a big believer that that you know, sometimes it takes a village to get someone better, you know, whether it be, you know, that, that three-step process, someone suffers an injury, you know, they go to a therapist, whether it be me or, or Matt, or maybe we work together on someone. I see really good results when we get, you know, more hands in the pot that know what they're doing and, and we're talking, you know, it's not like you go to Bosa and you see me, I don't talk to Matt, Matt sees him, he doesn't talk to me, you know, we have that open line of communication yep. and then once they are done with with us then they're back with you you know? right because I, I think there's this gap and this woman named sue falzone she's an athletic trainer 
from, from she Buffalo. is from Buffalo, yeah. The first female athletic trainer to, to work as the head trainer of a, a major universe or a major sports team. She was a Dodgers trainer. Um, she talks about that a lot. She's big into dry needle. Um, but the gap between rehab and return to sport and having talented, you know, talented um, coaches like you guys is what is so unique in Buffalo that, that I've found. And that's why I gravitated towards towards your gyms and, and working with you guys because I think that you're able to take those athletes that are almost there and, and train them smart to bring them back, you know? Yeah. Releasing them to the wild and say, "Okay, go back to Catalyst and uh, you know screw yourself up, and I'll see you in a couple months." Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. It is. You hit the nail on the head, um, honestly, because it it does take a team. Yes. And it takes a whole team, and I'm fortunate that I've surrounded myself with really great people. Um, you know, across across all of Western New York, you know, in any sort of capacity whether it's massage, acupuncture, PT, other strength coaches, other networks to build on. You know, like even though a lot of us do similar things, but it's not at the end of the day, you have to work together to help someone. Um, or, you know, like I'm a huge proponent. If I can't figure it out, I don't necessarily have the time to try to figure it out for each individual person, but I'm going to refer you to someone that does know how to figure it out. And that's what's great is us having that relationship. So, so when you send an athlete over to me, if I see something, I can shoot you a message and say, "Hey, when you're, yeah. working, you know, uh, I'd love you to hold them accountable to, to making sure they do their glute activation, coming in ten minutes early before they start working yeah. with you, you know, something like that. So that way they're not wasting your time, but but you're 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 you know you got your eye on them, like, hey, yeah. don't skip this. It's important. And if and to me, the big part about that is. Is trust that process you know trust that process and those those little things make such a difference and, and when i see when i see people have a back injury you know nine out of ten times like we call it a try you know the three main things that create back pain in the absence of a disc injury you know a disc injury is and for a power lifter or an olympic lifter those are the scary injuries yes. in the back you know and, and they, they take people out for a year or two or maybe forever yeah uh, if they don't manage it well and that all starts with your warm-up you know and, and training smart and having a good coach who's going to make sure that and hold you accountable to proper technique uh, but there are three things that create a back injury a weak core weak glutes and then the SI joint we call it the triad you know so those three things but how do you get an SI joint problem most likely from you know an imbalance in your glutes and hips so uh, people have to pay attention to the the boring exercises like like band work uh, to get their their glutes firing so that they don't injure themselves later and and that's that's the problem and the hard thing is everyone wants to do the sexy lifts they want to lift a ton of weight off the ground you know and, and, and pull that big deadlift but you only get there with with that that little work along the way yep you know? yeah you're it's absolutely true. right you're you're 100 right i mean uh, the non-sexy work is really what keeps you a bit the ability to do the sexy work yeah because it's longevity right you know at, at very there are very few lifters i mean obviously the ones that make it to the most elite level probably didn't get hurt you know and some did and, and some had you know had to learn that lesson the hard way and uh you know there was a book written um that i really liked it was called the the gift of injury you know and, and it was about a, a power lifter who blew his back out and, and 
retrained his body. Um, with, I believe it was either I think it was I think it was Dr. McKenzie who has the McKenzie method, which is kind of the, the classic. It was either McGill or McGinn, McKenzie uh, who wrote it, but it was a powerlifter and it was his journey coming back from blowing a disc and and you know he calls it a gift because it taught him to retrain his body yeah. from the up and, and do things the right way and yeah. focus on those little things and then you know he came back full strength and hit numbers he never hit before but um you know it's you you're lucky if you never get an injury in athletics you know and and the ones that make it to the most elite level are you know they're they're naturally gifted they put in all the work yep. and it's luck it's yeah luck with that injury because there's, I feel like there's a grace period between the ages of 17 to 22 that you are pushing yourself so hard during that time. And a lot of the times you don't value, you're, you don't take the time when you do get an injury, right? Because you don't also have the guidance that most of us you know, have now. You didn't have it back then because your junior, senior year and all throughout college, you know, you're pushing and pushing and pushing to try to make it to that next level. Mm-hmm. And it really hinders a lot of people. I can speak on behalf of three people I know specifically that didn't make it to the NFL because they were pushing themselves so hard in college and then just injury after injury after injury. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm very fortunate. I have, I've had the opportunity to work at, at the highest level with football. You know, I didn't make it as a football player. I didn't make it as a football coach or a strength conditioning coach, but I weaseled my way into the Buffalo <laughs> acupuncturists you know there is a need there and I began working with these high-level athletes and and they were no different than anyone else you know they had the same injuries same problems same activation issues you know we we, I was seeing knee tendonitis all the time pop in the clinic from these high-level athletes and when we'd assess them you know they had they had inhibited glutes they could not I could use two fingers and push an NFL linebacker's leg right in and he could not stop me. It didn't matter if he held his breath, held the table, whatever. He's <laughs> no, and, and then you know he was like, he's like, Dan, you know, you're kind of a big guy. I think I think you're just stronger. And I'm like, no, that's not it, man. Wait till after this treatment, and then yeah. the, the, that muscle turns back on, and it's and it's you know amazing what it can do. But you see that you know rookies come into the NFL, they don't know how to take care of their bodies. No. Nope. Uh, last year with the Bills, we had multiple rookies uh, pull a hamstring and can't, you know. They're not drinking enough water. They're not sleeping enough. They're not doing the little things to recover, you know. And then, and then you start seeing the vets, you know, walk these guys over into the <laughs> acupuncture. You got to see, see this guy because they've had the injuries. They've learned the lessons. And it's like all of us sitting here, we probably say to ourselves, if we knew now what we knew then, you know, life would be a lot different. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Position, but. You know, it, it's our job to try to relay that message to the younger athletes. It's their job to fight us until they have that first injury, and then and then we meet somewhere in the middle. You know, yeah. and try to try to do that. And I think it's so cool uh, what you guys are doing over there, and, and I'm a big fan. Uh, I tell people all the time that uh, with both of your programs, because I, I think I, I think it's it's amazing what you can do with a young athlete and building resiliency so that they don't get injured in college or high school. Yeah. Especially in the female population. Your your bodies are just not built sometimes to to put the loads on on your knees that you do. And that's why the instances of ACL tears are so high in 
female population. Yeah. Because some women they just hit that growth spurt and then they're like they're like little newborn deer out there running and they don't have the mechanical uh, control to to keep themselves safe on the field and then you know they, they tear an ACL. Uh, That's exactly what happened to me. I grew to five eleven in sixth grade and yeah. then basketball um, seventh grade. I tore my meniscus in my left knee because just like you said, it was like there was no coordination. I was a Bambi on the court and Mm -hmm. took one hit and that was it. And now you get to work with athletes, you know, at the high school level, middle school level to start to develop that resiliency and and control of their body with with strength training. Yes. And and I think that's that's very impressive. And I think it's good for Buffalo because we need to produce better athletes. yeah. and get people, you know, to a higher level. And and that's something that can't be done out here. Yeah. I'm from Ohio, you know, where it it's a cultural thing. Football is played at a young a young age. Oh, yeah. and, and you're you're playing against other athletes who have great coaching. And, you know, in Columbus, where I grew up, there were – it was at least one NFL, not NFL player, but Division One player on every team. You know, here there's like one person a year. Right. Comes, you yeah. know, and that's and that's because lacrosse has a bigger influence out here, and hockey's a, big hockey's out a here. Big influence. Yeah. So some of those power athletes choose a different route, but you know, I think that 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 cultural, you know, integrities is those programs have been set in place for a long time in a place like Ohio for strength and conditioning. So out here, what you guys are doing. is I'm a big fan, so I can nerd out all day about that side. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's great. I think, you know, especially in our little circle of professionals, we're very fortunate to have a bunch of people who get it and a bunch of people who do enjoy working together and networking yeah. together. And um, it's it's fun to see. And you're right, it's like nerding out over it. But it's at the end of the day, the people who benefit are going to be the clients. Yeah. And that's yeah. why we all went into this, right? Yeah, because you know, when I talk to I talk to doctors about you know, just pain all the time, and, and it's it's so funny to me how early on in medicine, and not not even early on in the '90s, how mismanaged pain was, and how every answer from a doctor, you got to think when you go to a, a doctor, they only have so many tools they can use, right? You know, so you see your your primary care their specialty is not orthopedics they're they're not they're not well versed in that it's not a very long set like part of their schooling most of a doctor's schooling is pathophysiology like what can kill you right Right. Mm -hmm. your your primary care's job is to be a liaison to a specialist so so their first line let me make sure that what you come in for isn't deadly isn't going to kill you but if you come in and say, Doc, I have lower back pain, you only have so many options, right? And, and insurance is weird nowadays where you have to you have to do X, Y, and Z before you can do this thing, right? Right. So unfortunately, medicine has become governed by insurance and people, you know, think, oh, I can't get this because I don't have insurance. But then, you know, having a guy like Matt Veronica who just said, I'm tired of it. I'm fed up. I'm, I'm not going to take insurance. I'm going to go the non-insurance route because I can't be governed by, you know, 
I have to fix you in 10 visits or, or, you know, that's it. You're just going to walk out the door regardless of where your pain's at or whatever, you know, insurance is nice enough to give you. But um, physicians, you know, you come in with pain, they're going to give you a muscle relaxer. They're going to give you NSAIDs or, or you know, ibuprofen or, or a prescription grade um, anti-inflammatory or they're, you know, going to send you to PT, but maybe not in that order. Maybe it's like you got to go through a month of this before yeah. they send you to you come back twice and um you know nowadays people are getting a little bit smarter and they're saying if i get hurt i need to go see a good movement specialist yep. who who has a tool immediately to give me relief and and that may be acupuncture that may be physical therapy or you know there are a lot of chiropractors here in buffalo that i think do a good job of of not i call it racking racking and cracking you know, yeah where, lining people up and it's five minute appointments and everything starts at C1. I'm just going to adjust your, your C1 and, and I'm going to cure your deafness and get out of the door. You know, like that, that's the old school chiropractic method that, that I'm not a big fan of. Um, but then you have practitioners that are like Brian Geller and, uh, and some other guys that are, that are, and, and women that are taking the time to assess. Yeah. Doing soft tissue work, Raston or, or ART and then adjusting you, but, but they're not living and dying by the crack. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think that is, is the skill set that I like. It's the ones that I refer to. And, um, you know, so I think your, your tribe is good over there. You yeah. Guys Absolutely. Yeah. And it's cool. I mean, you mentioned about the doctors, right? And I, I always, I talk about this often, especially with Matt, you know, I just think about my parents, right? You know, my parents, and I don't know if you guys can speak on behalf of this, but my mom and dad would always be like, all right, what did the doctor say? What did the doctor say? Oh, I'm going to go to the doctor for this. Oh, I have this thing. I got to go see the doctor. I have this thing. I need to see the doctor. And I feel as though our generation, and I'll just probably say under the age of like 35 to 38 and under are really being influenced by not just doctors are being influenced by other practitioners and other healthcare providers. And, and I feel as though that's, unfortunately for them just a generational thing you know yeah. they weren't exposed to it as much and you know you watched classic tv in the 60s 70s 80s and all it was was doctors and pills doctors and pills doctors and pills and now we're finding that there's other ways that are more efficient than that yeah i i definitely agree with that i think that it's a generational thing um but i think that we're starting to see more of a shift um i know with my parents um my mom is now obsessed with Brian Geller. Um, so she, you know, I got her in to see him. He treats like my whole family. But um, I got her in to see him, and, you know, she's referring friends of hers. My dad is finally seeing him. And um, I think my dad is kind of, you know, along the same lines as what Carly said, um, just, you know, from his own personal experiences, um, you know, going to the doctor, listening to what the doctor says, and... Um, what ended up happening is my dad started experiencing some neuropathy and discomfort in his neck and arm. Um, and having gone through chemo, he assumed that was just, it is what it is, like check what the doctor says and, and move on. But um, I finally convinced him to go see Brian. And he, I talked to him, you know, after a couple sessions and he's like, I feel way better. And so it's like, yeah, there's other solutions aside from you know, medicating. And he's, you know, very open to learning about that. And I'm actually working on getting him over to see you next, um, Dan, because he, 
I think he could benefit, you know, even more so um, from the combination of, you know, chiropractic care and acupuncture. But um, I think it just, it takes some some reassuring and some, some pushing, but I think that the possibility of a shift is there. And then the proof is in the pudding, right? If, if he went to Brian and got no, no positive results, you know, he'd be like, ah, oh, you know, everything's horseshit. Exactly. Doesn't... Yeah. You know, and that could have been the case if he went to a practitioner who, who wasn't as good as Brian. You know, I, I feel like, you know, your skill set, yep. going to the right person. And some people have had acupuncture. A lot of people walk in here, I, I had acupuncture before for this or that, and it just didn't work. And, and you know, did you have acupuncture from me? Right. And, and, and I don't profess to fix everything because there are things you can't fix. Yep. Things, things that that's why surgeons exist. That's why, you know, you know, endocrinologists exist. And, and there are other things out there that I use, you know, and I refer out when I don't feel like it's the right patient for me. And, you know, when someone comes to me with anxiety and, and depression and allergies, I usually refer to traditional Chinese medicine because I feel like that skill set is built for that kind of patient, that internal disorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and traditional Chinese medicine and, and that style of acupuncture is so effective for so many things. And, and I saw it firsthand early on in practice. I used to see a lot of those patients, but as I, I shifted my focus and my attention and you know my continuing education much more into uh, sports medicine, I, I, I specialized and I went down that, that rabbit hole and I, and I can't get out. Um, that's that's my rabbit hole and staying in. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, all the time, I, I refer people out all the time, you know, and some people come in with a multitude of things. And, you know, that when Carly said right at the beginning, he was like, yeah, I should put a needle here and here and in my ear. And, and those are what we call systemic regulatory points. There, there are spots in the body where you can access the nervous system with a needle and have a really cool effect. You know, you can release a ton of hormone in the brain and, and that tells you your body is such a well-tuned machine. Mm-hmm. And, and essentially all I'm doing is, is thinking of that, the old school phone system where you had to like plug something here, here to connect a call. Mm-hmm. It's all, we're just, we're just allowing the body to flow the way it needs to flow. Yeah. Like we can use different tools to do that, but um, you know, a lot of things are, are possible with your own body, you yeah. know, doing the right things, eating the right foods, getting enough sleep, you know, um, meditating, whatever it may be for you that, that you resonate with. And, and I, I don't push any one thing on any person, but, and it doesn't have to be acupuncture. And that's why Brian Geller exists and, and Matt Veronica exists because, you know, they've helped so many people in, the, in this world and, and they're going to continue to help people. And sometimes we help them together, but, um, uh, yeah. When you go to a surgeon, they have a couple options, surgery or injections, yep. you know, but I, I've talked to a lot of surgeons and they say, you know, 80% of the people that walk in my door are a waste of my time. They're not candidates for you. And then, you know, they try to find the right person for the job. And in Buffalo, it's different than Rochester. Rochester is much more progressive. It's more, it's more East coast. Yeah. The U system is way ahead in my opinion, uh, than you be in, in Excelsior and that, you know, they brought me in there to do acupuncture in the sports medicine department. Uh, they have people in oncology. They have people in women's health uh, that, that do other things other than, you know, offer this pill or offer that. So you, you got to understand when you go to an office, the tool that they can use is, is limited. When you come to me, I'm going to do acupuncture uh, or refer you to someone else. But I, 
I believe as practitioners, we have to be honest with our patients and, and not, you know, just everybody sign up yeah. for this treatment plan, come in 20 times, 30 times, and eventually you'll get better because soft tissue injuries, you know, or non-contact injuries in sports are, are just the biggest, biggest mistake in, in medicine. If an athlete is running in the open field and tears his ACL, many people along the way failed that person and getting them the right care. You know, and I, Robert Griffin III was an Olympic level hurdler mm-hmm. and an amazing quarterback. And at the combine, when he did a vertical jump, he jumped over 40 inches but his knees caved in as soon as he landed. And that should have been a red flag right there that he didn't have. Uh, he's an amazing power athlete, but he didn't have control. Yeah. Two years later, he blows his knee out and yeah. not contact. And so when that kind of thing happens, where soft tissue injuries happen, those are 100% preventable. Those aren't bad luck, those are preventable. Bad luck is when a lineman rolls up on the back of another lineman's knee. That's yeah. that's bad luck. And in contact sports, you know, somebody hits you from the side and you tear your ACL, that's bad luck or yeah. meniscus. Um, that just happened because it's a sport, but, but non-contact injuries like hamstring pulls or, um, you know, gastroc tears, Kevin Durant's uh, situation, Achilles injuries like that. Those, those are, you know, my job, Brian's job, and mass job to prevent. And yeah. You can prevent those kind of injuries, or you know, preaching from your strength and conditioning coach. Do the little things. You yeah. Know, broader. Eat the right foods because it, it all matters. You know, people people think they can just oh, I'm just going to eat shit and and be a power lifter and and not give it. You know, I need to be bigger and bigger and bigger. But you you can do it the right way. Yeah. You know? So I think that's that's why you guys are are successful and, and have big followings because you, know, you guys reach that yeah 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 you're absolutely right um i did have a question for you so um for someone who is considering acupuncture and comes in and they're you know obviously they've never had it done and they come in like kind of nervous and unsure um what do you do to reassure them in an appointment yes so many people like I, I can't tell you that that's the biggest hurdle I think for a lot of people is because they've had, you know, shot like every kid's not every kid. They're they're anti vax so <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Many kids or or adults have had bad experiences with needles, you know. But what I tell them is is, you know, the needle that I use is very different than what they've experienced in the past. Any any needle that goes in is typically trying to do one of two things, either put something in you or take something out. And so they have a serrated edge. It's like, it's very sharp and it's built to tear through tissue so it can create a canal. Acupuncture needles are very thin. So you can fit about 20 acupuncture needles inside the tip of a hypodermic needle. So wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, wow. They're hair thin. And, and if you go to a practitioner who has good technique, typically don't feel anything at all no and as that needle inserts you feel me tap it but once we get it in there nine out of ten people you know that are scared beforehand leave that treatment say what was i worried about you know that was not bad at all and and then the fact that they felt better justifies it in their head even more so that anxiety a lot of people walk in the door the first time with anxiety about it 
oh, this is going to hurt. This is going to be, and they build, they build this, this nightmare in their head about what they're about to experience. And then they have, and they're like, I fell asleep on the table or, or I was completely zoned out. And it, it becomes a very positive experience as long as they feel better. You know, right. Needles are a lot easier to get if, if they feel better after. <laughs> but, you know, that's a real problem, especially for young athletes. I get, you know, some, some, um, I typically, my cutoff is about 11 years old. I, I feel like anything under that, I don't have kids yet. I, I have a hard time managing the, those those ones. But anything 11 and over, I've coached that that demographic in football. I can, I can, I can play with their psyche a little bit and get get them comfortable with the idea. And we start we start light, you know. Oftentimes, if someone's really nervous about acupuncture, I'm not going to put 20 needles in them. I'm gonna put, you know, I'm going to take the most important areas and I'm going to hit that that day, give them relief, and then we'll build from there. You know, in a perfect world, people that are like, "Hey, go for it!" I'll go for it on day one. I'll, I'll release trigger points. I'll dry needle them. I'll do whatever they need. You know, because my, my job is to get you better as fast as possible. It's not to have you come in 10 times, 20 right. times. And the average patient that I see is only in for, you know, sometimes one treatment, sometimes six. But it, I have a plan, and I always have an exit strategy for them. You know, I, I, I never set someone up for life life care. You know, if, if it's an injury, here's our time frame. And, and this is something all patients should hold their their practitioners accountable to is, is you know what is what is the plan of care here so that I don't need you anymore and, yeah. and that that should be every goal of every patient is to walk through that door and not need weekly care you know if you're getting and I don't want to speak for every situation but if if I were asking you to come in for acupuncture every week of your life then, I, then I'm not doing a very good job right nope no um most of our athletes that we work together with, whatever injury they have, we fix it. And then athletes like to get tuned up every once in a while before yeah. a big event. And and so I tell them, you know, with Carly's lifters, I say, hey, if you're, if you're going to compete on Friday, I like a plus two model. So typically Wednesday will come in and, and we'll, we'll maximize your body's ability to fire that day. And then, you know, go back and live your life and, and take what we, we've talked about and and training and, and use that you don't need me like I, I'm there for for that I call it .02 you know in golf if, if you shoot a 62 versus a 63 that could be the difference in millions of dollars you know and you can win that tournament because of that, that very very small and, and that's over four days of one stroke could be the difference yeah so I'm not saying I'm, I'm improving someone's golf stroke by seven seven points you know the, these are very good but sometimes that's all it is, is that, that split second difference between somebody tripping you up by your by your cleat and you, you know, breaking through that tackle. Yeah. And that can be the difference in millions of dollars in the athlete's career at, at a very high level. Yeah. yeah. Or two extra se- or you know, an extra season at the end of their career. They play till thirty six instead of thirty five. Yeah. That could be three to ten million dollars right there. Yeah. You know? So so you're either gonna pay for it now or you're gonna pay for it later with your body. It's you true. have to invest time. You have to invest something into keeping yourself healthy, or you know you're you're going to be wrecked. And and I think we all know, like you take someone who's forty years old, forty can look so different on so many people. You know, you could have a forty year old that looks like he's thirty. You have a forty year old that looks like he's sixty, and 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 
and that's all the way that they took care of themselves when they were younger. You know, the stuff that they they put in their body. Some of it's genetics, of course. You know, some people just look young. I can't grow facial hair like like Carly. Like, <laughs> yeah, neither can my husband. <laughs> Last year, and this thing's like four weeks old. And I'm like, I hide it under my mask uh, when I'm treating right now, but I'm ashamed of this little guy. But, <laughs> But I know Matt Matt has described the best way to know he's done a good job is the way that I don't need him anymore. Or a client doesn't need him anymore. It's more about maintenance mode or you just, you know, move on your way until the next time it starts to become a problem. And the way that Matt, and I know you probably do this, is you feel like you're getting to that point where it's going to become catastrophic and you go before it becomes catastrophic. Because right. once it gets to catastrophic that just takes you out as opposed to scaling back a little bit. And, and there's, you know, the, there's an old uh, Chinese proverb that I really like, and it says, don't start digging a well when you're already thirsty, you know, and, and that, that applies to a lot of things, but, you know, it, it, it's a mistake on your part to not listen to your body until it's screaming at you, you know? Yeah. It, there's several signs all throughout uh, an injury, you know, there's that, that, that first instance that you felt some discomfort. And then you ignore it because we're all like hard-headed and we just say, ah, that's a fluke. That'll never happen again. And it starts to creep up and it gets a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit until, until it's like, I, I can no longer do this movement. And then you just take that movement out and then you're like, ah, you know, I'll take the, I guess this movement is just not good for my body. Or a doctor will, will say to a person, you can't run anymore. I'm retiring you because your knees are, are blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, that's. That's so like lazy on that doctor's part to say, stop doing that, you're old. Yeah. Oh, that hurts, don't do it. <laughs> don't, and, and of course, you know, if you're doing dumb things, that, that may be the answer. Like like a, a truck driver I had one time, he, he came in with sciatica and, and you know, he stood up um, to get on the table and he had jeans on and he had like the outline of his, of his big ass wallet right on the glute that was bothering him. I'm like, do you always sit with that, you know, in your pocket when you're driving? He's like, all the time. I'm like, it's like, all right, just take that out of your pocket. Yeah. You'll probably feel better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I, I didn't do anything for the guy. He, he just took took that out of his pocket. I treated him, sure. You know, I'll take credit for the, the fact that it went away. But the fact that he didn't put his wallet back in his back pocket is the reason he doesn't have, you know, a glute injury anymore. <laughs> but, you know, so, um, but little things like that, like, there's so many things where I'm like, it's common sense, but, but you know, people don't always think with common sense, um, you know, and they fix themselves, and I take credit for it. Just, <laughs> um, You're welcome. <laughs> I know our time is running up short. I got two, one lighthearted question, but something, I don't want to say controversial, but I, I, wanna, I don't want to ruffle any feathers because I know you have um, a practitioner in your office that does this, but... I feel as though massage therapy is overused and not necessarily utilized to what it's there for. You know, do you find that massage therapy people just go to it because it's easy and that's the only thing that they're aware of? You know, I hear a lot of people, oh, I have lower back pain, I just want to go get a massage. Do you find that um, that's something that, you know, how do we educate more people on seeking out other uh, practitioners for something like that? It's comfort level, right? Like a lot of people, they're they're afraid of needles, or, or they, you know, have had bad experiences with chiropractors in the past who spent five minutes with them. So, massage feels good. You know, they go in there, and, and they someone touches them, and 
and not that not in a sexual way, but but someone actually a doctor actually took the time to to you know put his hands on me for yeah. once. Like there's so many you go and see your doctor and they just show up. They look they look at their watch as soon as they walk in and then they're out the door in two minutes. And never even touched you, you know. And, and you don't and there's something about that that connection that is built through through physical touch and um, massage. It, you know, there's spa massage and then there's there's medical massage and medical massage is what everyone should be getting or, or sport massage and someone who's used to treating athletes and can get into trigger points and get deep into tissue you know stuff like rolfing or or true sports massage yeah. which is you know if you don't walk out of there like like you just had a workout you know sweating and yeah. uncomfortable yeah experience, then then you probably just you know, wasted a hundred bucks yeah. at the spa, you know, and you should, you should spend that on better things because, you know, it's, it depends. It's all about what are you going in there for? Are you going in there to relax? Okay, whatever. And that's, that's what you like going there, relax, have your hour. If somebody touches you, you fall asleep, whatever. But if you want to get better, if you're, if your massage therapist isn't really working out adhesions by getting in there deep, using a multifaceted approach, cupping, um, using grass and getting in that tissue, then you're probably with the wrong person, you know. And, and I do encourage people to try acupuncture. Uh, with the Bills, man, those guys on Monday they get acupuncture. Tuesday they get massage, chiropractic, all the you know cryotherapy. Jealous. Hot tub. <laughs> they're getting they're getting uh, ultrasound. They're getting stemmed. Whatever whatever they need. Uh, but I go in there first because I can get things acutely. Yeah. Get it out, get it all fired back up. Basically, you know, make the bed so you can, so the other practitioners can sleep in it, so to speak. Um, but you know, we've all had experiences. You try to get your lower back adjusted, and you just can't. It's locked up. Then you want to get soft tissue beforehand. So if you're, you know, if if Geller fail, if can't can't adjust because you're so so damn locked up, then you say, okay, I'm I'm going to do grass and I'm going to do soft tissue. I'm going to get in there and work that tissue out, and then we're going to try again. But you know, some chiropractors say, "Oh, couldn't get it today. Come back in tomorrow," and, and and you know, not think to to add in some soft tissue. Yeah, you right. Know. You know, I, I I do think it's all like you know, people are ingrained in, in their habits. So if they got massage before, they want to get massage again. You know, and and uh, I definitely I, I feel like the what I do is the best for soft tissue. You know, and, and I, and but I, I do understand that some people aren't gonna get needled. Some people aren't gonna allow someone to do that. So um, I, I decided to add massage because I felt like it added value to to my practice. And I found Susie specifically um, because of her skill set. And she was down in Florida working on a ton of bodybuilders, and so she got used to, you know, dense tissue and. and I, then I experienced the massage from her, and it was unlike anything I had ever had before. And um, you know, her background's in exercise science, so she she has a bachelor's degree from UB in exercise science, and then she went on to body work, and and so she offers a lot. And, and it's not just you know rub you for an hour and then you know get out. It's there's a lot of coaching that goes into that as well. Um, so I guess I would say. I encourage people to try different things, mm -hmm. you know, and if, if massage is making you feel okay, you know, but it's not doing the trick, 
you know, you should try something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've uh, I had an experience with a massage therapist once, and it was something I've never experienced where they've stripped my actual quad when I had a hip injury, and it was one of the most painful experiences I've ever had. But it was also one of the greatest experiences I've ever had because it helped tremendously. It, it was something that during that time I don't know if I've ever experienced that type of pain before, but it was something that it it worked. It it just I can't explain it. But it was painful and it was brutal. I sweat. It was disgusting. <laughs> you know, I've had other experiences where where I, I had an injury and I went to a massage therapist and it did nothing, you know, yeah. and, and it, it wasn't the answer that I needed. Um, so in, in in that case, I said, okay, you know, this this needs something different. And then I've gone to a chiropractor who specialized in ART or active uh, release technique, and you know, I had a I had woken up one morning. I could not turn my head to the left. I, I slept wrong. I lifted the day before, probably injured it there, <laughs> and slept all night. And then it just was spasm. I had a levator strain. And, and so I couldn't turn my head to the same side I had pain. That's a very common injury for lifters mm-hmm. where they get locked up and they're like, pain's on this side. They can't turn to the same side. It's locked up. I went to a chiropractor. He didn't adjust me at all. All he did was ART where he was moving my shoulder while he was digging in there. And it was so painful. Yeah. But it opened me up like that, you know. And so that that to me is a it's, – it's massage. It's just a different form. Right. You know? and, and that is – I gravitate towards that, that yep. style of massage. And, um, you know, that that's why I hired Susie because she's well-versed in that. And, you know, I, I like certain chiropractors because of that skill set they have. And, some, you know, some of them – are better than others in that sense. So those, those are who I gravitate towards to those, those kind of soft tissue. Problems. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we only got five minutes left, but I saved, I saved a very non, not a very fun question. So oh you work with a lot of professional athletes and, you know, quote unquote famous people. Um, but who would be the coolest famous person you've ever met? Not necessarily most famous, but like someone you can just down to earth, someone you like, could see yourself hanging out with almost being like a best friend almost. That's a tough question. There's a couple guys, you know, one, one of my favorite, uh, I'll, I'll take a non bill player just to just, you know, to not offend any of those guys watching this, <laughs> but you know, he's controversial here in Buffalo, uh, but I absolutely love him. Zach Bogosian. Zach Bogosian is, is one of my favorite human beings. I think he gets a bad rap. Um, you know, and, and I didn't get to meet him until his last year here in Buffalo. Um, but hockey players, man, they're normal guys. The hockey they're, players are cool. They're very normal. They are the most normal guys, and and you know they have feelings and they have things that happen and they have families and and but Zach is is very very down to earth and very self aware. You know, and and he knows his past. He knows you know his the things that have happened to him, good and bad. Um, he's just like anybody else, you know, he, he just wanted to play hockey. Um, and so, but an amazing human being with an amazing family. And, and that's a guy that I told my wife, this, I was like, man, if I would have met Zach a couple years ago before he was, you know, on his way out, I was like, I would have tried to be his friend. Because <laughs> he's a solid dude. We're like the same age. His dad, believe it or not, was an all-American safety at Syracuse, played football. So, oh, wow loves football he's like man, i wish i would have played football you know he just loves it but obviously you know he's third overall pick when he came into the nhl so he's pretty good at hockey too. yeah yeah um, a little he's bit. like 
everybody else, you know, he's 29 years old, the clock's ticking. He wants to keep playing as long as he can. And, you know, I, I understand that more than anyone being 32. It's like the things the, the things that we can do when we were younger just don't feel quite the same the older we get, you know. And, and, and in my head, I'm still this amazing athlete. But then I remember, like, oh, I don't know, we have one leg. I, I remember, I like two years ago, I was drinking with some buddies. And I was like, "Man, you can't beat me in a race. There's zero percent chance, you know." And in my in my head, I forget I'm like 250 now, and I'm not like you know, <laughs> like athlete. And <laughs> beats me, and I was so hurt. I was like, "God damn it!" Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you couldn't beat me when I was before this injury, and so, but it all at some point, Father Time catches up to us all, and then and with in the NFL. Um, Tyrod Taylor is, is one of my favorite guys. Man. Really? And That's awesome. He is just like the consummate pro. Um, I'm talking about a guy, he's, he was at the facility at 5 a.m. I was getting texts from him at 4. You know, he woke up wow. the first thing in the morning. Um, he got up super early. He was the first one in the building, last one out. He'd be coming over to get treatment. And uh, at like 8, because I, I was at that time when he was with Buffalo, I was still working in Rochester. So I would. Uh, and my wife, you know, we lived here, but I would drive home, get back to the office about 8.15, 8.30 at night. He'd be coming from the facility, and then, you know, he'd have his iPad out watching film while we were while we were treating. He was, he was that kind of uh, pro, and never late. Very humble, very, very appreciative of the care that you gave him. Um, ask questions about your life. Uh, it, it wasn't just this, like, um, very superficial thing. You know, he was very interested in, in other people's lives, and and so I think that's why he was so well liked around here, and and why he stayed around as long as he did. And, and I'm rooting for him. Like I, I want him to succeed out in San Diego. But he's a big fan of, of acupuncture. Take takes great pride in his body, um, and and obviously, I mean, he's phenomenal shape. But he's one of my favorite uh, guys on the team, and and there are a couple guys that I'm really good friends with, like. He's not a big name, but Julian Stanford uh, is another guy. He's the backup middle linebacker. He's not back with the team this year, but he is the most shredded guy on the team by <laughs> far. Most shredded by far. He, if, if you get a chance to look up Julian Stanford on Instagram, he is like, he should be on the front of men's health. Like that, he's that <laughs> damn. But at the same time, a phenomenal athlete. You don't usually see those two go together. Right. You don't. Yeah. Get zero percent body fat and like like the best athlete on the field but and he just very very intellectually there he talks about going to acupuncture school a lot cool uh, uh, there are a couple of guys you know jake mccabe with the with the sabers yep. he's the desire to to go on to some sort of body work or, or acupuncture schooling after he's done playing because all these players you know they have they have a, a really long life after their careers are over yeah you know, they're done. most nfl players are done by 30 you know so um think about that like yeah. you're 30 years old and like all of a sudden you have to do something else for the next 40 yeah. years so on the stay in your lane humble point of tyrod there was like um a bleach uh, bleacher report gridiron tweet that went out you know they're they're harassing him you know with the draft coming up and they were like oh you nervous you know about a starting job and he's like I haven't watched the draft since I've been drafted. You know, I just kind of stay in my own lane, work hard, kind of do whatever I need to do. Yeah, because that stuff's out of your control, you know? Yeah. Like, I think, like, how much anxiety it is created by things that you can't control, you mm-hmm. know? Like, 
and, and, and just the what ifs that can drive you crazy are, are um, you know, anxiety is, is so much self-torture, you know, yeah. so, so many, so many little voices in the back of your head that create more problems for, for you. And if, if you can manage to block it out, you know, that's easier said than done. Um, you know, it, it can, it can get a lot better, but I think yeah. it's all about being self-aware too. Like, all right, I got to stop creating things for myself. Yep. That are, you know, so, because ultimately, you know, he knows he's, he's a journeyman. I think he's 30 this year, 31. Yeah. And he's went through it in, in um, Cleveland. They drafted guy number one overall. Yep. And then, you know, they get rid of Phillip Rivers and he has his opportunity again here. And then they draft uh, Justin Herbert. So the pressure is going to be there no matter what. But these, they're all NFL players. So they're all like, yeah. you know, there's only 31 or 32 quarterbacks in the NFL that get to start. And then yep. there are a lot of guys right behind them that are very, very good. So, exactly. Uh, I'm rooting for him. That's my guy. Man. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Trey White, too, man. Trey White is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's your boy. Yeah. Trey, he, he's, man, the funniest guy on the team. I, I I think that comes through on on all social media accounts. You can't not like Tredavious White. No, he's just awesome. One, one of my like when I'm at when, at the facility, I'm, if you've had treatment by me, I've probably seen your glutes. Like it's just you know everyone has glute problems, and and uh, one of the players, uh, a funny story. I was treating his glutes, and he looks up at me. and He said, "Do you ever think that you'd be staring at guys' asses all day?" And I was, <laughs> I didn't see myself going down this route, but it could be worse. I could be a proctologist. So. Yeah, it, it could be way worse. <laughs> it's true. Uh, you know, Tyra or um, Trey, he loves coming in the room when, when other guys are getting treated and telling them to put their asses away. He's like, he's like, he's like nobody wants to see that. And then five minutes later, he's like, hey, Dan, can you hit my glutes? Like, <laughs> but he, he's just hilarious. So, but yeah, there, there's, I think that's the thing, you know, these NFL players are, and hockey guys, they're just normal people, man. And, yeah. and you know, most of them are, are just here in Buffalo just to, just to you know, try to win and, and compete. And uh, a lot of them are very humble humble guys. Not all of them, but, but <laughs> most all. of the guys are, are very humble and, and uh, you know, appreciative of care. And that, to me, is, is important, you know, because if I, I think gratitude is something I try to have in this world and, and be gracious for the things that have come to me and thanking you guys and, and for the opportunities that I could share a little bit yeah. with your followers and, and you know, it means a lot to me that you trust me with your athletes too. So uh, I just want to tell you guys that if I haven't told you lately. Well, so. Yeah. No, I, we, we appreciate it, Dan. And I know you, you do a great job with all of our athletes yes. and, and um, yeah, it's awesome. And it keeps us going as well. You know, yeah. healthy athletes um, also allow us to keep doing what we do. I just found out there's this cool company called Drizzly. Uh, oh, you didn't know about Drizzly? I didn't know about them. And then somebody sent me a bottle of, of tequila uh, for, for a referral. I sent them and I was like, what is this? So yeah. That's going to be my new, uh, my, my new um, you know, just a little sly thing I do is I'm send you send you some some uh, PBR to the. <laughs> you know that it is well loved. It is well loved. That mustache. <laughs> a patient might just get a case of PBR. <laughs> <laughs> Brian uh, Geller did that for me once. I yeah. I referred him someone and he uh he brought me a six pack of Tutu Mango from Hamburg Brewing. Mm-hmm. I was like I'll I'll take that. 
<laughs> you know, it's all love over here, but I, I uh, if I got to bribe you guys to get an athlete or two, you know, I, I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> That's fine. We'll take it. It's shut down for a while over here, so I got to get I got to get the ball. Yeah, out. you got to get going yeah. again. <laughs> Well, well, we we appreciate, you know, you coming on and, you know, sharing what it is you do. Um, I know that a lot of people will find it very interesting. Yep. And for those who are interested in, you know, checking you out and hearing more about you, where can people find you? Yeah, so my website is uh, bosa716.com. Uh, and I'm very, I'm more active on Instagram than I am in, anywhere else. Um, and my Instagram is uh, also bosa716. Uh, that's a business Instagram. You can look at my dog if you want on my on my personal uh, Instagram, which is the Sports Acu, uh, which is ACU. Um, but you know, I, I post a lot of just more of my life there. But I will I will throw in some things I'm doing acupuncture wise, and, and I don't I don't have anything that I'm ashamed of on there. So um, <laughs> I don't really hide it from my patients. But you know, you'll see a lot of a wiener dog on there if, if you follow me there. But most of seven one six is is my business Instagram. I, I try to post videos and informative things, and, and Susie's been taking over the reins on, on Instagram a lot for me lately, so that we can get more of a, a holistic voice on there with some of the things she's doing too. So people get tired of hearing my message, you know, so I want to mix it up a little bit. So Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. And Thanks, Dan. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Guys, bye. Go Bills. <laughs> Bills. <laughs> And then thank you to all of you guys for listening to yet another, this is what, episode? Nine. No, this is episode 10, I think. Are you sure? Yeah. Cause we oh, did... right. We did part series. We did the intro and then seasons uh, as it is on uh, Apple Podcasts. So yeah. much appreciated for everyone listening. Um, yeah. I mean, next uh, next three part is going to be very fun. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm stoked for it. Uh I think it's, um, I wouldn't even say controversial, because it's, it shouldn't be fucking controversial, to be honest with you. Um, but it's definitely something I think everyone needs to talk about. Yep. So. Absolutely. So, stay tuned for that. As always, thanks for listening, and yep. we will catch you guys in the next one. Cheers. See ya.